and welcome to the Renegade Arcade. That is volume one of our video game show. This is episode two of the Renegade Pop Culture Podcast. My name is Kiona. I am your host. And with me right now is... Tony. Hey, my name is Tony. (laughs) (laughs) And we also have Josh. Hello. And we also have Crystal. Hello. All right, so we are the gaming contingent here on RenegadePopCulture.com. And uh, right now what I wanted to do is just kind of go through our favorite video game genres and kind of like any games that we're looking for, uh, looking forward to, I should say. Um, What do you guys have on the horizon that you're kind of uh, hyped up about? Tony? Uh, Definitely the most anticipated game for me right now, uh, like something that's coming out you know relatively soon definitely doom eternal mm-hmm. um that's that's been on my i've been waiting for a sequel to that since i finished doom 2016 um and I, I, oh, man love that game i just can't really can't wait uh, i watched the uh, thing about the soundtrack earlier today but they got all the uh different metal vocalists to come uh, together and they did like a metal choir like that is really oh my god that's oh, really cool I to me heard about that that sounds badass yeah, I mean, it, was, it wasn't like nobody super famous um, or anything like that, but it was still cool just to hear and like how they were coming up with it. It's really, really, really dope. You guys definitely need to check it out. I think it's on their Facebook page and stuff. And I think what it was was that Mick Gordon actually put out a call to like um, to people if they wanted to like do a do a like a singing sample or something and send it to them, something like that. Yeah, you put out some kind of call like some uh, something yeah. like that and they got a group of people and a metal choir. That's really, really cool. That's pretty awesome, man. That's that's like on the level of the uh, the Chris Jericho Inner Circle Choir, <laughs> <laughs> which was awesome at AEW Revolution. Anyway, okay, Josh, what are you looking forward to? Uh, I'll I'll tell you. Um, I've been. I, I only keep up with like what I'm able to see at E3, but uh, mm-hmm. from what I've seen, because. Last of Us 2 is pretty much already going to be a day one buy for me. Absolutely. But the one that's gotten me really surprisingly hyped is Cyberpunk 2077. Yes. Yep. Yep. Everything that I've seen about it feels too good to be true. And I'm a little bit nervous about that, but it just, it looks amazing. It looks like it plays really well. And, you know, when you got... You got Keanu Reeves. That's like yeah. When you have Jesus himself in, in a video game, how can you not buy it? <laughs> he it, it it just looks so incredible, and I'm surprised that we're getting something like that on a PlayStation Four because there are a few games that have come out on this console generation. I think that feel like oh wow, we are next gen. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like, it it sounds weird. I've always been really skeptical about this console generation. It, it feels too similar to the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 era. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, it's almost like an outgrowth of the previous generation. Like everything that, that it just never stopped is what it feels like sometimes uh, with certain games and certain titles, it, certain franchises. It's like a wart. <laughs> is it? <laughs> well that's an interesting comparison i mean i wish i had a wart that looked as good as arkham knight but you know a wart that looked as good as arkham knight josh lozano everybody <laughs> give him a hand 
He's here till Thursday. Try the veal. That's the episode <laughs> title right there. No. <laughs> okay, so uh, Crystal, anything you looking forward to? Oh, geez. I, I don't know. I haven't been really in the game recently, but I know for sure as soon as it comes out, Breath of the Wild 2. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I gotta, because I, I, Josh knows I kind of have like a love-hate relationship with Breath of the Wild. Um, no, I just remember for a long time really hating it and just absolutely loving it to death. Just because there's so many aspects of it that are so new to me and I love it. But there's still like the things that I, I hold on from the original games. Like the soundtrack. I hated the soundtrack, but I love it. It's 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 the most confusing relationship that I've ever been in. And that's saying something. <laughs> um, so hearing about Breath of the Wild 2, I, I just have so many high hopes for it. Awesome. Okay. So um, let's see, guys. Let's talk about, like Tony said, an upcoming game that's coming out, um, which is Doom Eternal, coming out on March 20th, which is 15 days away, guys. Oh, fuck. 15 oh days. God, I have 15 days oh, yeah. to finish Doom 2016 because I never did. <laughs> um, <laughs> I never did, and I'm a huge fan of that game, and I love it so much, and yet I never finished it. I don't know why. Anyway. That game's hard, um, dude. The game is hard. Like, <laughs> Life like, is busy. Dude, that oh, game is hard. Like, oh, like that game I that game really that game really, man. Ah, oh, that, that that I three almost broke a couple controllers over that one. Oh, okay, uh, the very last <laughs> level, like yeah, I, I started to really get frustrated. What I, what level did you play it at? I played it um I think at normal. No. I played it on normal, and that was hard for me, too. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, I know you definitely played it on normal. No, I played level. it... Did I? I don't remember, but I know I played it at a pretty... I know it wasn't easy. I know for a fact it wasn't easy, but it was it was hard, especially that last level, just getting through all those all those waves. It was... Ugh. I think the, the hardest fight for me was the, uh, uh, the cyber demon. Oh, like, yeah, that one sucked. Cause yeah, there's two phases, you know, and like, I didn't realize that there's going to be two phases. And so I wasted like all my BFG ammo in the first phase. And then when you actually get teleported to hell for the second phase and like ammo doesn't drop very often. Oh, it was just a pain in the ass. Oh my God. I, I, I got really mad, <laughs> <laughs> but it was awesome. It was, a, it was, you really felt like you've accomplished something when you win that fight and hell, even when you finish the game too, it was, it was a really well done game and definitely finished that very it really, soon. It really gets yeah, off. One of those, it really gives off one of those feelings where it's like, Oh my God. Like after you get past like a really long part of the game, you just get this feeling of like, <sighs> yeah, I never knew right. you could turn a stress ball into a video game. Oh my God. <laughs> The Doom Stress Ball coming to <laughs> Bethesda's online shop very soon. You know, that, that would actually be a really good like uh, thing to sell. It's Doom Guy. It's just do- Doom, it's Doom Guy. Yeah, yeah. It's Doom Guy. It's a stress ball. Doom Guy's head and maybe like a, like a how do you pronounce those guys? Like the Kako Demons or something? <laughs> Kako Demons? I don't even know. You have the little red dudes with one eyeball? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, what I, that's, that's what I was thinking. That was my first thought. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. The one that, you know, we posted the picture of the sad oh one. Oh my god, I forgot yeah. I was almost they getting killed by Doom Guy. There goes Crystal. 
Oh, yeah, but all right. So Eternal should be good. Um, I don't. I I've like purposely stayed away from like a lot of trailers and stuff and a lot of information just because I want to walk into the game mm-hmm. as blind as possible. I hit that with mm-hmm. Doom twenty sixteen. I mean, it's Doom, so you know about what you're gonna expect. But yeah, uh, I've stayed away from pretty much everything. Like that that soundtrack thing I watched earlier is the first thing I've watched since uh, E three when it was or yeah since E three and. I'm just I'm so ready for it at this point, man. I'm I'm so into it, man. I watched it when they had like QuakeCon or something. I watched one of the trailers for that and just kept watching it and rewatching it because I was just like, wow, this game just looks awesome. I, um, okay, I remember. And I like. Wait, can you guys convince this whack job to no, eat it's a mayonnaise? Different thing. It's a different thing. To just eat it? Oh my god! It's horrible. It's not well, like Weird Al says. Just eat it. Like. Like like a spoonful of mayonnaise? No, he sandwich. refuses to eat mayonnaise. Period, or anything like anything like a like a spread or anything like that. It's mustard, ketchup. That's it. Not even I mean, some, ketchup. Some people don't like mayonnaise. I mean, some people don't like other stuff. Like I hate eggs. I don't eat eggs. <laughs> you see, you you're not gonna have any allergies. Okay, so so this this guy thinks that he has a ranch allergy. We're Every good because ranch is disgusting. Thank you. <laughs> and on top of that, I feel terrible when I eat it. Okay, can we at least come to this conclusion that blue ranch dressing is disgusting, or blue cheese? Yeah, blue cheese. Dressing? Yeah, blue cheese dressing is disgusting. I like I like it to like dip my wings in, but that's like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I'm not about to put that shit on a salad or nothing, but. <laughs> uh, I, I was gonna, I was gonna the say. Doom Slayer eats mayonnaise. <laughs> he does. He I, is. I was, He's actually say. on the uh, the Hellman's Ranch or Ranch Hellman's mayonnaise bottle. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, it's a special. Uh, it's a special promotion. Special edition. <laughs> I swear to God, Hellman's. If, if this is real, I need yeah. to get it. I mean, it's called Hellman's. Exactly. Right. Exactly. There you go. Perfect fit. Match made in hell. Yeah, I, exactly. I was going to say one of the biggest things of, of Doom Eternal. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, the the biggest thing I remember seeing from Doom Eternal, I don't know if it's the same demo or the same trailer that you saw, Kiona, but um, it was... Uh, I, you know what? It might have been the E3 demo. I don't remember where. It's just... It, it's the, the start of the demo. It's Doom Guy walking through this terminal. Oh, yeah. And everybody's yeah. just like trying to talk, but literally everybody's just kind of scared. Everybody just looks at them and they're scared. <laughs> they're scared shitless like, of them. Yeah. The best thing about Doom 2016 that I admire surprisingly as a storyteller is how much it does not care about its story. Yeah. Like right, it's all true. there, but it's just like it, the thing that always made me laugh the hardest. And I think it was intentional in the 2016 Doom was just every time the story's like, hey, Doom guy, listen up. This is very important. He would just shove his fist in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> right. you know, we're not we're not we're not here playing Doom for story. We're, <laughs> no, we're not. We're here to we're shoot not. some damn aliens or demons. Yeah. It was it was very respectful of, I believe, John Carmack of his words that he said about story in video games, but also a nice little compromise for people that do love story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause the lore is all there if you want to see it or if you want to hear it, basically. I mean, it's just, you know, I yeah, and they've got that. all the uh, the collect the collectibles and like the, the uh, what yeah. do you call it? The, uh, the profiles of like all the monsters and all yep. that shit. Yep. 
Yep, all the demon profiles. Mm-hmm. I dare say it, Doom might be the perfect video game. Man, I, I'm really... Distilled to its essence, yeah. It's 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 timeless. It's, look how long it's lasted, you know? Like, since the first Doom. Like, I still boot up the original Doom sometimes and play it. Um, oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's it's just one of those games that transcends generations and... You know they're they're obviously they're still making more and they're still good yeah. games. Yeah. So I mean it's there's just something about Doom. It, 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 it might be it might be like the perfect game. And also, no microtransactions. Right. Right. Yeah. Ooh, man. Yep. So, Doom Eternal, March twentieth. My God, we're so close. I already like pre-ordered mine off Amazon too, so hopefully they will keep their word and deliver it to me on the day that it releases. Buy Doom Eternal or go to hell. I, I, <laughs> exactly. I haven't got my pre-order in yet, but it's uh, it's actually my birthday tomorrow, so I'm hoping something comes through and for me. Nice. <laughs> there you go, man. I think over here. And happy pre-birthday. Thank happy you. Birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. All right, so. Okay, moving on, we got topic number two coming up here. It's the Resident Evil 3 remake, uh, launch date of April 3rd, 2020. So that's coming up as well, um, actually two weeks after after Doom Eternal launches, and one week before the Final Fantasy VII remake launches as well. Jesus, so. I didn't realize this was all so close. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like I saw that release date, and I was like, what? Are you kidding me? I mean, I don't even have enough money to cover all this stuff, right. man. Like, what's going there's on a, here? There's Stars a lot of big games like coming out, like, in around... Because also, the same day as Doom, the new Animal Crossing comes out, too. Oh, there you go. So yeah. that's There's a lot of big stuff coming out in, like, one few-week period. It's crazy. Isn't it? And I believe that Doom and Animal Crossing can coexist. Oh, you know? they can. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Isn't as a matter of fact, they should just have Doom Slayer as DLC in Animal Crossing. Really, because they've been doing that Anything. anyway. Like, They've been doing the memes. Isn't it amazing in a sense that we can live in a time where we have, where all these things are just coming together at the same time, this wild and really diverse pick of, of video games coming out. Like that's, that's pretty impressive. Here's your day. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Resident Evil three remake. Yes. Uh, have you guys played Resident Evil 2 Remake? I did not. What? We, I did not. We I actually haven't had a chance to. I, I'm not going to lie. I've barely played a Resident Evil game. I've played one Resident Evil game, and I didn't finish it. I was very young, and I don't remember which one it was. All that I remember was on, on the Wii and there was an abandoned ship or something like that. I don't remember. Dead, was it Dead Trigger or something like that, I think? Probably. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it, I think like, you're right. It like, wasn't even one of the core titles. It was like, yeah, it was a Wii-like spinoff type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll, we'll definitely, definitely play the Resident Evil 2 remake. Like, for me, Resident Evil 2 was the mm-hmm. first one that I played back on the uh, PS1 and 64. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's my favorite one. That's my favorite to this day. And somehow the remake took my favorite game, my favorite Resident Evil game, and made it even better. Like, there's, I mean, aside from the graphics and the visuals and all that, like, they took the they took the core spirit and the story of the game, and just made it look better and play better. It feels so much better. You don't have those clunky tank controls anymore. Um, everything very fluid, very modern control scheme. It's 
a, a well done game and it deserves every ounce of praise that it's gotten. Um, I'm still working on it. Like I beat, um, I beat uh, Claire, or Leon's storyline. I'm working on Claire's and then there's a bunch of other stuff, but I mean, it's, it's just a great game and I'm really excited for Resident Evil 3's remake because that was another really great Resident Evil game. The thing that blows me away is how quick it's coming out. Yeah. Like, it, was, it wasn't even yeah, that long after RE2 came out, right? Yeah, Resident Evil 2 came out last year. That's cr- yeah. like around this time. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. They, they were either really, really expecting RE2 to do really well. Or it was just one of those things where, you know what, if this doesn't work, at least we have this. Chances are one of them's going to work, but both of them look like they're working really well. Yeah, see, that's one thing I'm afraid of, is I'm afraid that maybe Resident Evil 3 Remake is not going to be able to match how good Resident Evil 2 Remake was. Like, I, I don't know, maybe like they... They, they threw all their all their chips in with Resident Evil 2, so they kind of hurry up and got and thought just I don't I don't want it to be a cash grab basically is what I'm saying. Hopefully it's it's the same quality. No, I don't think yeah. that RE3 is going to be a cash grab from 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 what I see. I don't know how true this is, but from what I've heard of Resident Evil 3, um, it's not exactly the most well-known or or not the most well-known but like the most uh well-played if that makes sense like when i whenever i hear people talk about resident evil it's always about the very first one and how even with how campy it is for being a 90s game with the over with the over the top under voice acting and (laughs) again the the (laughs) tank controls and everything that it's still able to inspire this fear of this this feeling of dread all the way down to when the first zombie comes into frame. Yeah. And, you were almost a chill sandwich. <laughs> and, and then you have, <laughs> then you have uh, RE2. I've heard a lot of things about Resident Evil 2, the original one, and I think it's safe to say that's one of the most iconic games of the PlayStation 1. Absolutely. And Resident Evil 4 changed the game for third-person shooting from what I've seen. And Resident Evil 5, that's the one I remember playing a little bit of, and I actually really loved it. Uh, I think it was a really cool uh, co-op shooter. Um, I played it and went through it with with a friend. And Mm -hmm. it was a really cool co-op shooter. It was a good action game, but to me it didn't really feel like a Resident Evil game. Yeah, it's more like it's kind of like Gears of War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. It's it's just not. It's it was it was definitely not a horror game. Yeah, um, yeah five no. and six just went full like six crazy be remember for games. the long for the wrong reasons. I yeah. I played like probably fifteen minutes of six and never played it again. Same. And seven is just I like completely seven. different. I loved seven. Um, not my favorite. But I think it was the uh, the change was something that the series needed at that point. Um, you had to do something different, you know. We've all, we've been playing essentially the same game with a different story for how many years? And especially after, because five and six, like those weren't very well received either, like critically or even by the fans. Well, they were maybe well received as far as five a little bit, but not on the same level as you know one, two, three, Code Veronica, uh, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so they they had to do something different, and I think it paid off. Um, I really liked. I loved the Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe to it. Oh yeah, um, 
And then, yeah. and then like once you got deeper into the story, that's when it started to feel a bit more familiar and a bit more at home in the Resident Evil universe. Um, just because, you know, there there was little things you could find that like tied in to it. And then just even the whole vibe kind of changed. It got to that weird, uh, the whole Umbrella Corporation is doing some shit thing. Uh, got to that. It got to a real familiar, but it started off really fresh. And I think it was, I think it was a really good game and a really good step for Capcom to try to, step outside the re box if you will mm-hmm. but, but it also goes into what i Good mean point. with like each of those games even when they're bad they have something really memorable that the fans still talk about but i've rarely heard anything about resident evil 3 so from from, from your guys's perspective what what is like the the most memorable thing or like the thing that you remember the most about resident evil 3 Definitely Nemesis, just as a whole. Nemesis, stars. <laughs> like that, that, that. that I, I used to have nightmares about that shit. <laughs> like, oh man, definitely Nemesis as a whole. Um, I, that's that's because, like you said, it's not the most memorable Resident Evil game. Like it was good, but it was to me the quintessential Resident Evil game was always two and three. Just kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. I think the Nemesis was definitely the most like the most frightening sort of element in that game. And uh also tube top chill. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you there. Back in the day that was the thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tube tops, what happened to them on the next episode? Okay. <laughs> anyway. All right, so yeah, Resident Evil Three Remake. Um, plus the the trailer that just came out for it, it looks pretty darn good, man. I mean, like graphically speaking, it looks pretty amazing. I think I haven't watched it yet. I need to check that out. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. I know some people are complaining about the way that Jill looks in the game, because uh, of the 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 character model maybe looks a little bit odd. But I don't know. To me, it that doesn't really matter so much because. You know, you're just going to be playing as her, basically. Right. Valentine. I yeah. I've been so out of it. Like, I, I haven't even seen what she looks like. Oh, she looks like Daisy Ridley. Yeah. Does she? Yeah. Hang on. I, I a little this. bit. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. I see that. Yeah, no. I. She looks like Daisy Ridley. I like it. Nah, I can see it a little bit. Yeah, I can, I, I can kind of see it. I think she looks good. Like, I think the yeah, I think people just want something to bitch about, like everything else. Yeah, I think so. Too. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty they much can it. never be happy. No. Nope. <laughs> well, the only thing I'm unhappy about is no two top. You know, it might. You never know. Gel, it, it could be a skin. It could be a skin. They that's, did. It's got to. It's it's got to be coming. They're gonna charge you for it, though. It's gonna be microtransaction. Of course it, it is. Yes. We'll have graduated from polygonal eye candy to realistic eye candy. You guys ever get so bored you can armadillo like a soccer ball till it's dead? No. Can't say I have. (laughs) I have not. Oh, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. My friend told me that, like, one of his dad's military stories, and that was among them. Their punishment <laughs> was to give it a full service funeral, like military funeral, playing taps, 
21 guns, everything. And they had to guard its tomb for a week. Day and night. In full uniform. Wow. All right. Okay. (laughs) Crystal, do you have any thoughts on Resident Evil 3, the remake? Oh, geez. To get us back on topic here? (laughs) (laughs) Since I so rudely took you off topic. (laughs) Hold on, my sister's calling. (laughs) I'm not calling you, I'm right here. Well, what do you want? I'm lonely. You're lonely? This podcast is amazing. It's going to be our highest rated ever. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. People are going to be like, oh my god, guys. Just get out this little section. No, <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Who is this? No, it's all good. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I might keep it in just because it's entertaining. You know, it's like, who would expect that? We're renegade pop culture. We're bringing you new things. It's a video game podcast that actually isn't about video games. Who's knocking? That's how we get you. Oh my god. <laughs> Everything's going off the rails over here. I'm sorry. It's okay, man. It's all good. Um, okay, so we're going to jump topics now. We're going to move on to The Last of Us, which has been in the news, because not only is Last of Us 2 coming out in uh, May, May 29th, which I didn't even know until I looked this up. I was like, holy crap. May 29th? That's like, that's that's just over two months. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't seem like it. It seems like kind of an August release for me, or something, or like a July release, or something. I don't know. I would have thought it would have been like a fall release, but hey, yeah, like a fall release, maybe. Okay, but uh, okay, May twenty ninth. There you go. Sooner than we think. Um, okay, but it's in the news because we have we got us a Last of Us TV series in the works at HBO. Hold on, we, and this I is coming just to us. found out that it's coming out in May. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what we just said. No, I just came back. We should keep it no, yeah, yeah, May 29th. May 29th is the release date for Last of Us 2. Holy shit. Um, yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, all right, so, yes, Last of Us series in the works at HBO from both Neil Druckmann, who wrote, produced, directed the entire game, and um, the Chernobyl creator, Craig Mazin. And Chernobyl, of course, was one of HBO's top-rated shows last year. Um, It just got a whole bunch of accolades. And uh, it just... It was pretty pretty amazing from what I hear. Um, I never really had the chance to watch it, unfortunately. I miss out on a lot. What the heck, man? What was going on in 2019? Oh, yeah, I moved. That was what it was. Anyway, yeah, um, so Mason and Druckmann. A lot of people just are gonna... jump ship from Game of Thrones to, to mm-hmm. Chernobyl. I know that. Yeah. Well, from what I hear, it was very, very good. So yeah. that sounds very, very promising because, you know, we're talking about kind of a post-apocalyptic world here. So hopefully Craig Mason will bring uh, some of that Chernobyl magic to this and also Neil Druckmann is going to be writing this and producing it. So is, this is uh this is exciting. Is it supposed to be like is it supposed to be like an adaptation or have they it's not an adaptation. Or have, have they specified? Um I believe so. They said it's going to follow the uh the events of Last of Us 1. Okay. The video game, yeah. I, I'm here for it. That wow. so yeah. so I actually just played that game for the first time last year. Um, oh my god. Yeah. Um, what did you think? Cuz I when I during that era I was I was an Xbox 360 guy. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Uh, but then I got so I. then I got older and I could start to afford nice things on my own. So <laughs> I got a PlayStation. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I, I I'm like it was like on sale for like eight dollars one one flash sale or something like that. I'm like, well, you know, might as well. And the rem- it was the remastered version with the with the uh, the DLC. The with DLC. The, yeah. Um, mm. So I got into it and I beat it probably in a week. Just every day, every day yeah. after work, that's what I did. And then I finished it on the yeah. weekend. And oh my god, that game is amazing. So I know I'm super it late, is. but if and if they're gonna go with that same story, then then I can I'm, I'm here for that for sure because it's a great story and more people need to hear it and see it. I agree. Jeez, I I remember playing it the first time with my dad when it first came out, and uh, you know the whole experience—the first ten minutes of the of the game. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah, playing it with your dad is something else. He was <laughs> crying mm-hmm. in the first few minutes of the game, just bawling his eyes out. I mean, I'm not gonna say I didn't get a little teary eyed. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I cried. I'm going to just say it right now. I cried when, when Joel was like, you know, when he did, when, when baby girl, baby girl got me, I was like, oh my God, that was it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of knew something was coming because as soon as they had you playing as the daughter in the first, you know, few minutes, I was like, oh God, this game's going to be rough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I knew it. It, it just says something about the reach of the last of us in particular as a video mm-hmm. game that you, you know not not to say anything about other video game to movie adaptations i think some of them do work like in, in my opinion the best one so far has been detective pikachu but um the, the thing, i really like that movie yeah it's a really good movie but it, the, the thing about it is just like with the last of us it feels like one of those that just is so perfect when it comes to carrying it into a medium like TV or even a movie, because mm-hmm. if you show people bits of the game, even out of context, it'll still affect them. I remember mm-hmm. I didn't have a similar experience, but I, I remember I wanted to see like how my grandparents would react with the last of us in particular, my grandpa who really doesn't like video games. He still, well, not doesn't like him, just he, the last video game he ever really played well was Pac-Man. So I showed him that whole opening and he was impressed. And then he actually started tearing up when Gustavo Santoroya's haunting theme started playing. And that says something that even someone like him who doesn't really see take video games seriously is able to be that emotionally invested into it. Even if it's through the music, it's, it shows how much art is put into something like that and how, how beautiful the last of us is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Go ahead, Tony. I was going to say, I was just saying, yeah. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) The only thing that I'll admit I'm a little bit iffy on, but I think it's only because I only know him from other things. I'm still a little bit skeptical about Craig Mazin, Mazin, however you pronounce his name. Because, <laughs> yeah, he's been getting a lot of accolades for Chernobyl, and from what I've seen, understandably so. But 
Yeah. His 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 uh, 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 filmography isn't the strongest. I'm looking at his Wikipedia right now. Oh no. He. Oh my god, he's writing for Borderlands. I wait. Oh, he did Rocket Man. Wait, what? No, that's seriously. Yeah, he's oh. writing the script for Borderlands uh, with Eli Roth. Oh. But oh, for the movie Borderlands, yeah. Not the game. No, he he ain't Anthony Birch. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, you look at his movies beforehand. He did a uh, Rocket Man, not the Elton John one. He did Scary Movie Three, Scary Movie Four, Superhero Movie, The Hangover Part Two. Identity Thief, The Hangover Part Three. Well, and maybe that's where he cut his teeth. I don't know. I mean, you know, hopefully that's why I said Chernobyl magic. You know, not not superhero movie magic. Todd Phillips looked at him and said, "We do live in a society, Craig." <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, yeah, that does seem like a weird choice, though. Like that is a weird choice. Uh, like. Yeah. The majority of these are, you know, uh, like comedies and like like adult comedies yeah. at that. Um, mm-hmm. so that's 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 a really strange. It's really strange to see him jump from that to something like Chernobyl. I've never seen it, but to me, it seems like you know it's a pretty serious like that's drama. A leap. Yeah. Um, so that's 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 quite the leap. And then, but it, but then again, and then you know, The Last of Us is kind of in line with that too. So maybe if he so if he's doing really good at that with Chernobyl, uh, I think he'll probably do pretty good with this for Last of Us, especially with Neil Druckmann helping him too, because that way he, yeah. he, that way he can make sure they don't screw it up. Yeah, like, and if it and if it sucks, he has nobody to blame but himself at that point. <laughs> Druckmann knows the score, you know. Yeah, he knows he knows how to make that story work. I'm sure, and I think that's and, uh, that's why it'll work better as a series too, because and as, instead of as a movie, that because you can stretch it out and you can get that character development we got in the in the game. Um, exactly. Yeah. Maybe even things that couldn't even be in the game, or maybe things that, you know, maybe were supplementary, but, you know, could be expanded into bigger things. Like, imagining um, just the whole winter segment. Yeah. Or or even turning Left Behind into an episode. Oh, yeah. 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 Or expanding on, uh, oh, shoot, I'm going to forget his name. The, The dude that we find in the middle of the city. Oh, fuck. oh, I can't remember his name. The weird dude. Yeah, the weird dude and his boyfriend. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember oh, his name. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Tommy? Um, no, not that. That was that was the. That uh, was the uh, brother. Yeah, the brother. Yeah. Oh, what was that dude's name? I'm looking it up right it's now. Me now. <laughs> we got to go Bill. to Google. Bill. 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 Yeah. That's where it was. Yes, Bill. Bill. Yep. Yeah, Bill. Yeah, he was in Bill's town. <laughs> Why is this magazine sticky? <laughs> yeah, uh, that was the best. Yeah, yeah, that that, that yeah, that'll be something cool to see in the show too. It's just you could do so many different things within that universe and with like characters that we've met, uh, new characters. Um, even seeing maybe the events of, that we went through in the game, maybe from a different character's perspective too, um, or what was going on while they were doing this, what was going on where they were doing that. There's just so many ways you could go with it. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I think the only way that I could be really turned off by this show is if they don't they don't hit the score right on the dot. They gotta bring it bring in mm-hmm. Gustavo Santaroya. They have to. That man that man that man's a genius. He brought so much to, to the game just with the score alone. Though Oh yeah. Yeah. It will be interesting if they don't if 
Because uh, Craig Mazin, I'm not even going to try with his name. He, um, you know, for Chernobyl, he did have uh, Hilder Gutenauer do the score. And uh, Yeah, that's right. That would be something to have Hilder do the score for The Last of Us. But I'm of the opinion, if you can get the man, maybe, get the man. Maybe the both of them. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I'm sure HBO could afford that. <laughs> for this they get the, sure they, they get that game of thrones money that's right yeah. <laughs> um just as a little tidbit though i don't know if you guys know about this but there was a, a youtuber named grant vogel i think is his last name anyway um he did a last of a cinematic playthrough series and i don't know if you guys have seen that where it's just basically it's him playing certain parts of the game but like with no commentary and just like he just gets you through the story and gets you the main story beats. And it's about seven videos and each one of them is maybe half an hour to an hour long. Hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just it's it's called a cinematic playthrough. And he just does like he did a lot of work on it with like camera angles and just making sure that the gameplay segments flowed and everything. It was really cool. Um, so if you ever want to show it off to anybody that doesn't play games then you can just point them in that direction. That's cool. I might have to check that so out just myself. It up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the cynical part um, of me is anyway. wondering if Craig like pitched it to HBO by just showing them those videos and being like, this is the pilot. I didn't even have to shoot anything here. This is what we can do. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I, you could, you could tell that it's a video game though. <laughs> <laughs> and Craig's like, Oh, we can fix that in post. <laughs> <laughs> We shall replace actor's head. <laughs> body of Joel. Troy Baker's head will be on the body of Joel. Because why not? Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, anyway, I I don't know, man. I mean, hopefully Craig Mazin, you know, just do what you did with Chernobyl and don't do what you did with Scary Movie 3. Just Definitely not what you did with Scary Movie 4. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but Neil Druckmann's there. I'm sure Druckmann will steal, steer the ship, and I'm sure that he'll keep an eye on things and make sure that everything looks good. Uh, from what I understand, it he looked at the movie because there was going to be a movie version of Last of Us, which just went into development hell and uh, and just languished there. And I think he was the one that said he doesn't want it made or something, or you know, obviously like. Obviously, the the producers all agreed with him, and uh, since then they've moved it into a series. So, hopefully, this all works out. It's a smart move. I think it's so. a very smart move. Yeah, I'm here for it. Okay, guys, we got one more tidbit of uh, of news here. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, I'm guessing that's how you pronounce it, because I had a second grade teacher named Mrs. Tsushima. That is correct. And yeah, Ghost of Tsushima release date. There's a trailer that just came out today. Um, The visuals and animation just looks amazing in this game. I don't know if you guys saw the trailer, but um, like the landscape is incredible. The lighting is incredible. It just like, I don't even understand how they're doing all these sunsets and, and, and just like crazy sunlight just coming through the trees and like cherry blossoms in the air and everything. It's just amazing. Um, uh, 
you know, for those of you who don't know, Ghost of Tsushima is a is a samurai game. It's basically it reminds me a little bit of Tenchu, at least in concept, uh, which was you know like a stealth ninja game back in the nineties. But like this is you know obviously it's not you're not playing a ninja, but it's just amazing. It looks really cool. Um, did you guys see the trailer? I watched the trailer uh, shortly before we got started here just to brush up on it because I hadn't seen it. Um, it was a great trailer. It was great to get some more uh, of what's exactly going on in the story. Um, yeah. And like sure. like you said, beautiful, beautiful looking game. Uh, I've been mm-hmm. I've been kind of following this game since they first showed that first trailer. What was it E3 two years ago? Same um, here. And oh, just from just from the moment. I remember they, they did that and uh, Sekiro were shown off for the first time the same year. And, yeah, and it was like I was get, try, kind of getting uh, mixed up and stuff, but I, I don't know. It must have been the year of the samurai that year or something. But I've been following. Uh, uh, <laughs> I've been following the development of this game, and because it's, uh, it's it looks just really good. Uh, the gameplay looks really great. Um, I'm I'm ready for it for sure. It's I, I I don't know. I don't really think I don't think I've ever played any other of uh, Sucker Punch's games. What else have they done? Uh, they did a series called Sly Cooper back in the old days of like the PlayStation ah. Two and Three, and then they did Infamous, an Infamous Last Light. Okay, yeah, Ooh. I did never played Sly Cooper. I played only a little bit of Infamous, um, so I'm not real familiar with them. But I mean, the game just looks cool. Uh, it looks great. Uh, the story looks good. It looks beautiful. Um, and and again, it's a PlayStation Four exclusive. I am really surprised. I am very very surprised it did not get pushed back to PS Five launch title. Yeah, it, it's pushing. Maybe they'll everything. re-release it. Yeah, it's pushing. Like you're getting every ounce of juice out of that PS Four with this. It seems like, and I, I'm I'm surprised. I was really expecting them to announce that it was going to be pushed back and be a PS Five exclusive. Mm-hmm. It, it same hearing that. It's from Sucker Punch, and he, like I, I didn't remember who Sucker Punch wa- were, but hearing that they did Sly Cooper makes a lot of sense to me now with what I remember seeing from uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Because I, I'll admit I didn't get a chance to look at the trailer. I, w- I was at work most of the day, but I remember vividly that that trailer at E3, and I remember because, like Tony said. Uh, there, there were like a lot of samurai games being announced. So, mm. you, you know, they're talking about, oh, and here's our samurai game. And they have the guy coming out with the flute. And I just remember thinking, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> but just seeing how different it was, it had this. I can't I can't explain it. Just this panache yeah. to it. There's something about it that yeah. it just it just draw is drawn you in. Yeah, that's really the thing about PlayStation and Sony that I've noticed with their games. Like, even if they're familiar, they have that thing about them that can just suck anybody in. And I remember just me and Crystal, we were watching E3. And when we got to that trailer for Ghost of Tsushima, we were just like, oh, and then the 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 cherry blossom tree, all the leaves coming down. It was just Uh like, oh, Oh, wow. And it was, it it had us interested with what they were doing, and then we heard nothing. So I was actually surprised to hear there was a trailer that came out today. So it was, I'm really excited for what what it's going to be. And I'm really excited for what's probably, when does it come out again? 
June 26th. June? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. This is a stacked year, man. <laughs> oh my god. I'm su- I'm surprised that it's coming that soon too because I mean that's just what that's a month a month after uh Last of Us 2. Yeah. That, exactly. That exactly. is competition yeah. with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, you know, Sony's just in there like, well, here you go, guys. Have a great game and, and have another great game right after. <laughs> and, 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 just keep playing on PS4. <laughs> and you know, that, that makes me wonder, though, like, so what are they going to be delivering for launch at PS5? Because we're at, at come June 26th, we're halfway through the year and we're supposed to be getting the PS5 in the fall. Oh, my maybe God. it gets pushed back. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe it does. I mean, maybe they gotta wait and see what what the uh, what the Xbox Series X is. And, and well, just... I've heard that uh, one of the things that they're definitely trying to they're starting to develop for the next next generation uh, for PlayStation Five is a sequel to Spider Man. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, that I would be that. nuts if they come out E3. Imagine E3 this year. You have I don't know the 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 head of Sony. I don't know his name. Insert name here, and he comes out. He's just like I know you guys are pretty excited. We we just released a lot of our best games like less than a couple weeks ago. But before we end our show, we just got one last thing to show you to get you excited for PlayStation Five, and then you just see the PlayStation Five logo. And then you see a web being shot into it. And the web says the number two. My God. And it's yeah. launch. I could see them doing that. If only they were going to be at E3. Yeah. Yeah. They're, gonna uh, they're not going to be at E3 this thing. year? They weren't there last year either. Nope. Oh, my God. Yep. They said, it- nah. And then that's when they did the they did the uh, the PlayStation experience, uh, where they mm-hmm. showed off. Uh, where they actually, that's the last th- place that I heard anything about Ghost of Tsushima was at that PlayStation experience. Yeah, that's true. They had the uh, they actually. I think pretty sure they like brought out like the whole like band of like drummers and shit for it, didn't they? Uh, I think yeah. they did. Yeah, wasn't it at that? I think it was at the PlayStation experience thing. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Jeez, Sony is really like like the tool of <laughs> of the game <laughs> industry, just like never coming out with anything ever. And then when they the rare times that they do, it's pure gold. That's so I mean, funny. I love Tool. <laughs> um, thank you. I have thank lyrics. You. I have lyrics to the song "Lateralis" tattooed on me. Oh, well, which really? Lyrics? Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Reaching out to embrace the random. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That song's badass. You know, Crystal, you have a point. You know, Tool has chocolate drop drip. And, <laughs> oh, my and God. Sony, and Sony has knack one and two. <laughs> you know what? No. No. <laughs> you would be quiet right now. Have you even listened to chocolate tri- chip drip? Trip? Yes, I, I can't even pronounce it. Chocolate chip drip. Yes, I have, and I've played knack one and two. <laughs> Why did I play Knack 1 and 2? I don't know. 1 and 2? Really? Oh my god. They're the best games ever. Don't you know? <laughs> I live on those particles, baby. 
lives on those particles. <laughs> you know what? Don't you dare diss on Danny Carey. I won't. That man is a god. Danny Carey is the man. Honestly, I'm Jesus not, Christ. I'm not dissing on him as you don't diss on Sony Santa Monica. I have no doubt that that man has multiple arms. They're just hidden. He's he's really good at hiding them. The main he's, a, he's an octopus. Yes, he's an octopus. The main character of Nat can create multiple arms with all the particle effects. Oh that they're able to <laughs> Josh, <off>. stop it. <laughs> no. You know what, Josh? Oh, man, I, take I, your I, dishes I, to the sink right now. No, okay, fine. <laughs> That's right. But Ghost of Tsushima, mm. that is... That is going to be a beautiful game, and oh my god, June! Just yeah, that is. Oh my god, you have Death Stranding in November, and mm-hmm. then you have that to carry over for a little bit, just with the scope that PlayStation can have. Yeah, didn't you buy that game? I've bought it, and I still haven't played it. And then we oh have, um, you uh, mean UPS Simulator? Yes, UPS Simulator. <laughs> and then we have, and then Wait, we is have, that really a thing? No, it's what her no, dad oh, is. Death Stranding. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Death Stranding has that that gameplay element of just delivering packages, and uh, as Norman Reedus, I haven't played it. I doesn't really interest me. Yeah, and then after I played um, a little bit of it, quite liked it. I feel like that's all you do is just deliver shit. Yeah, um, there's certain like stealth elements that you go, uh, you have to face these like ghost revenant creatures or something right, like that, yeah. and they can just kill you. Yeah, and then you have like, I think there's some combat. I was just going to say, is there any combat? Yeah, there is combat in there. What are you guys laughing for? I'm laughing. Crystal isn't laughing, but I'm laughing just, just in how matter of fact, is that all you do is deliver shit? and just how serious it was like usually when i've heard it it's it it does a joke like oh so all you do is deliver shit but it was so earnest it was just like i genuinely wanted to know yeah well yeah i mean you you deliver stuff as norman reedus i've heard heard, like nothing of the game don't like it they don't like it because but you of do that it fact. for America. Yeah, you do it's it for America. It's because you know Hideo Kojima could poop and people would praise it. Honestly, like I'm not saying I'm not saying <laughs> Jeff Keighley. I'm not saying he's not a talented he's not a talented game designer. He obviously is. You know, he has the chops for it. But like at this point, like you're making UPS Simulator. Like that's just strange to me, man. Like I guess I know I know next to nothing about the game. I mean, I've seen all the E3 trailers and all that all that bullshit, but. I know nothing. I, I haven't heard anybody actually talking about this game, except for maybe saying they pay, played it when it first came out. I've heard nothing since then, and to me, that mm-hmm. the, to me that doesn't seem very good. If if it's such a game that was supposed to be such a big deal like this, I feel like more people should be talking about it still. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, but hey, you can. I think it's like a game that's made for a very specific. Norman Reedus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come yeah. on, that's all you need in life. Well, I guess so. This is true. Maybe I'll Norman Reedus, zombies, evil ghost monsters, Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> yes, I was yes. Just, I was just gonna just gonna say that uh, with this whole, you know, you have Death Stranding as a PlayStation exclusive, and then just a little drought, and then suddenly Sony just floods gamers with all mm-hmm. these exclusive, and, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Like this is. 
if there's if there's any company that owns a year or any game game company that owns a year, this is Sony's year. Oh yeah, definitely. We're all just living in it. But what if they suck? <laughs> <laughs> really? You really think you know, I mean there's always a possibility. possible. There's always a possibility. Yeah. 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 I'm not worried about The Last of Us sucking so much as I'm worried about Ghost of Tsushima. I think it looks great, but until I get my hands on it, I won't know for sure. But there's I'm a, curious there's about how it plays. Chance. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm curious how it's going to feel, uh, what the gameplay yeah. is going to be like for sure. Like, is it going to be really cinematic and like kind of like Last of Us where it's very directed and linear? Or is it going to be something where you actually have like flexibility in the combat system? Or is it going to be like a stealth game where you're just sneaking around? As far as I know, it's supposed to be open world. Correct me if I'm wrong, if anybody else knows better, but oh um, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be open world. Hmm. Um, yeah, that makes sense. All I, all's I know is, yeah, I want to definitely get my hands on it because if it plays like shit, then that's going to ruin it for me. Like, yeah, like yeah. it can have the best, it has the best. And like, I'm a big story guy. Like I do not, I like very, very rarely play multiplayer. Like I'm a bit, all I play is single player story games and like, if, if even if the story is great with Ghost of Tsushima, if I can't play it, or if it's like, uh, if it's like the, the gameplay isn't there and the the controls and everything, then I'll pass up on it. Yeah, well, why do you think that yeah. so many people are you know disappointed with Death Stranding? I mean, people are praising it for its story like crazy, but nobody yeah. wants to get nobody wants to you know actually experience it because they're freaking tired of delivering packages. Right. That's a very and stumbling. You stumble a yeah, lot too. It's stumble. a stumble simulator. <laughs> that is oh that gosh. is very interesting though, because more than anything, like story can usually carry you through anything in any medium. Like in music, you can have a song that you could tell sounds very amateurish, or you can have a singer that just doesn't sound good. But you have really good lyrics. And that can carry you through anything. It's the main reason why Bob Dylan had a career. Mm. And you, you have movies where the movie can look like it was shot on ravioli. And <laughs> the the sound, you know, is very... <laughs> but it's got I have questions. <laughs> if, if, if it's got a good story and it's got good characters, that can make up for anything. But with video games... Okay, have- so Josh, have you ever shot a movie on ravioli? Yeah, how does one shoot on ravioli? And fun fact, my last movie, we had ravioli on set, and I just thought, let's let that take over. You know, just let's you put that on the tripod. <laughs> or did you, in fact, turn your DP into ravioli? <laughs> you know what? I'll leave that up to the listeners. Mm. <laughs> but isn't that... Isn't You'll that, never know. Isn't that interesting, though, how... Yeah, with all those, you can you can forgive all the other elements, but the story can carry you. But in video games, it's up to the player. Like you can have the best story, but like like Tony said, with gameplay, the gameplay isn't good. You won't want to stick around for it. That's right. Yeah, it is interesting. It's because it's well, games are the are the most unique you know uh, medium of entertainment because obviously because they're interactive. Um, so yeah, if, if, if I can't get through actually playing the game or if your gameplay loop sucks or bores mm-hmm. me, then I, I'll go to YouTube and watch somebody else go through the story 
or something. Yeah. Because yeah. like yeah, I'm not CG movie. I'm not about to. I don't want to. I don't want to play a game and feel like I'm doing a chore. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's why that's it took me. It's. It took me so long to get into Red Dead Redemption Two because that game felt like a chore. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I have to agree with that. Once I, once I finally got into it though, and the story started moving a little bit faster, it, it turned out to be a great game. But if it's it, I didn't beat it for months after it came out, and I was, that was like my number one most highly anticipated game, like almost of all time. And because I love the first one, it's like it's in my top three favorite games. Um, but I gotta say, I, I I have to say, I'm sorry, Tony. Go ahead. No, you go, go ahead. Finish go your ahead. Well. The thing that that is really impressive to me about this lineup is the fact that it's all pretty much single player focused. Sony's like, good for that. Yeah, Sony's amazing at that. Like, look, we got God of War. Uh, we got we just got I mean Spider Man, um, and then you know Death Stranding. Like all of their like marquee first person games have all been single player, and I think that speaks volumes for Sony because they're understanding what the player wants. And that's why it gets on my nerves when you hear like EA say, well, nobody wants to play single player narrative games anymore. Like uh, that's like all Sony's putting out and every single one of them sell like hotcakes. Yeah. I think that's that's the main reason why Dan Hauser left Rockstar not that long ago then. That's interesting. I I I knew he left, but I never read why or anything. Yeah, me neither. He, I, they never really said it. Just, it was just one of those standard corporate, like, oh, Dan Hauser has decided to end his time um, at Rockstar. But that's his so company. Many, yeah, you hear so many things about, uh, you know, the behind the scenes at Two K and how, you know, they're trying to be more multiplayer based. They're trying to really squeeze as much as they can out of the blood diamond that is GTA online and Red Dead Redemption online that it just, you can tell it's probably grading with rockstar because they really, really want to cater to single player experiences. Yeah. And it, it can only hinder everybody involved if they have to prioritize one over the other, because then the multiplayer is half baked, but I don't know. I, I never think they really have to try that hard with multiplayer just to have fun. It just you can tell with Rockstar when they do multiplayer, they really want to try. Like Max Payne 3's multiplayer is surprisingly in depth. And I remember that. That was I remember, that was that was actually a lot of fun. It was so much fun to go into a match and just just use slow motion and everywhere you went, it felt like a John Woo movie. Mm-hmm. And then with Red, not with Red Dead Redemption, but with uh, um, Grand Theft Auto Four, you know, it, it's probably the most basic of them. Just there's no hub or anything. They just drop players in the same area. You can choose whether or not mm-hmm. you want to do these other things, but more often than not, I speak from personal experience. More often than not, you just stayed in the city hub and you just blew each other out. Right. And Rockstar continuously proves you don't need multiplayer to sell a game all sony proves you don't need multiplayer to sell a game and hearing that's why a lot of creators are stepping away from big companies it's disheartening yeah it's true it's it's the state of the industry and i think gaming's just you know it's blown up to such it's blown up bigger than i could have ever thought it would have when i was younger you know 
um, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And I mean, from a business standpoint, I think a lot of these companies would be, you know, dumb to try not to capitalize on it as much as they can. But when it comes to being the consumer, being the player, uh, we kind of get the short end of the stick a lot of the times with some of these people. Like, you know, we're getting games that are unfinished. We're getting shitty multiplayer components that nobody wants to play. We're getting, you know, DLC. We're getting day one DLC. Um, like, there's just so many bad practices and they just keep going on. And I mean, I, I don't have to say microtransactions. It's just, it's, it's, it is disheartening. It's just the state of everything as a whole at some points. Well, hey, speaking of disheartening, or maybe something that's not disheartening, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about a company that we all know well, I'm sure, GameStop. Yay. GameStop is going through a certain transformation, let's say. So in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I was reading an article about this on IGN, and in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they have um, apparently a plan to save themselves by transforming some of their stores into concept stores. In other words, like you would have what they're calling a GameStop 2.0, which what it does is it dramatically cleans up the traditional layout in their store and they add like like a table where you can have like tabletop gaming and they add couches for couch co-op, uh, large TVs that they can do split screen, uh, you know, co-op on, um, and a, up to a dozen gaming bays where visitors can sit down to play games together on either PC, Xbox One, PS4, or Nintendo Switch. So what they're trying to do is make it more of a tournament setting or like a setting where people can just come in there and actually like, it's almost like like a cyber cafe where they they would just play like, play games together and just, you know, instead of over the internet, you're just there in person and you're playing like a LAN tournament almost. But it's online, of course. Um, they also have another... Uh, concept which is called the GameStop Social, which is more about couch co-op and more about like esports tournaments and watch parties and that sort of thing. Um, Can there be what a do you bar? guys think? I wish. <laughs> I wish, oh. dude. Like seriously. Imagine just going into one of those and you have everybody just shit faced out of their mind, cheering for somebody <laughs> when they're the when they're like the second to last person alive in Fortnite or like a long game of Call of Duty zombies. That That'd is, be dope. That is that honestly cool. really impressive. Cool. Like I no lie, if that's what GameStop is trying to remarket themselves as, that would be probably the smartest thing the company would do in a while just to I, when when you were bringing up the GameStop news, I thought you were going to talk about how they're going to stop selling comics. GameStop sells um, comics. That was my thought. I, I wasn't even aware of that. Yeah, like I thought I had seen something about that, but yeah, apparently. Well, you know, they do have another one, which is this GameStop Pop thing, which was. Okay, in, in their words here, it says, GameStop Pop was designed with the hardcore collector in mind. There are still games and couch co-op gaming, but the shelves are filled with exclusive gaming collectibles, apparel, and accessories. This is from their words. So, that, yeah. so if I want to buy a game, I got to go to a different GameStop than the one I go to if I want to buy a collectible? No, I'm well. It says that there are still games in couch co-op, so oh, I'm guessing okay. that they're still going to sell that part. I missed that part. I missed that part. It, it'll probably, 
Like it'll be all their stuff like Funko Pops and all their like, okay, you know, like random things that they sell over there. But apparently not comics because comics aren't aren't, you know, a big enough demand for that I sort of thing. I had no idea that was even a thing. They sold comics. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mine doesn't. I have a couple here that do, but it, it, more than that, it, it's like that is both really smart and also a little bit upsetting just because I feel like the only one that could actually pick up a lot of traction is basically the almost like the land party more than the mm-hmm. more than the couch multiplayer. Yeah. That's just the sad reality of online gaming. It's basically killed that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like I would kill to walk into a GameStop in like 2007 and having everybody playing a game of Mario Party or Mario Kart. Yeah. Halo like, 3. That would have worked. Halo 3. Mm. All that stuff. Just, oh, yeah. Imagine. Just imagine what that could have looked like. That probably would have kept couch multiplayer alive. And, but even still, there's still some games here and there, like Smash Brothers and all that. Like they, they can keep the spirit alive. But what I mean by disheartening is just in the fact that it's very limited, if that's the case. Because off the top of my head, Smash and Mario Kart are really the only ones left that can really do something like that. But yeah, as a whole, that's <clears throat> really cool. And I hope they start expanding. Yeah. Yeah, from what it looks like to me, it looks like GameStop Social would be more like for families and that sort of thing and more like a casual sort of experience, whereas GameStop 2.0, as they call it, is more like tournament-focused and more like tabletop gaming. Um, hands-on accessories wall is what they say, so like you can you can try out like gaming headsets and you can try out controllers. Um, and then it also has couch co-op, so if you know people want to play, like I guess, like, you know, well, what's a good co-op game these days? Jeez, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> what's co-op? I mean, what what is a good co-op game though? Seriously, like these days, hell, man. I, I don't even know. A way out. Um, yeah, maybe a way out. But I forgot about that game. Um, okay, and there's one more, uh, one more concept that they're testing, which is GameStop Retro. Oh. So, and what they say is that it's a concept built on the foundation of 2.0. But instead, it's specifically uh, about like a library of pre-owned games that they would sell that are like for the classic game systems or like classic gaming consoles. And they would have uh, gaming bays that that have CRT televisions and like old school just like games and and consoles and things like that. As cool as that sounds, I think that's probably that. I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, I actually I disagree. I I feel like they it's there's there's the the market's not big enough to dedicate a whole store to it like that. That's like mm-hmm. like that's to me why you know a lot of the like mom and pop game shops uh you know closed down because yeah. it's there's just not enough there's not enough market to justify that kind of store yeah. dedicated to just that. And people are going to go online and find classic consoles and classic games anyway. Exactly. <laughs> And you're going to go to GameStop and they're going to mark everything up and they're going to 
you know, push their, I'm sure they'll have their specific, you know, things they got to sell, like, you know, the power up rewards and stuff. If I, if, if, oh, yeah. if I don't got to go to GameStop, I don't go to GameStop because I don't want to go to GameStop because they <laughs> talk to me too damn much. Uh, so if I can order something online and, you know, that sucks, that that's the way the world is, but I, I much prefer the other ideas. And I think those would be more successful in this day and age than a retro dedicated retro store. Yeah. See, that's where I disagree because I we have a mom and pop shop uh, for games literally down the road, and the biggest problem I have there is the same problem I see with others is that they don't offer that big of a selection. Mm-hmm. It's very limited to, in all honesty, shovelware and license license games. So to to really make something like that work, GameStop would need to go all out. And really go for pre-owned versions of games that they know people will play, like, and making them a little bit more affordable. Like, it, it would put a lot of pressure, but I think it could really work just for only because we're now in a generation of people that grew up on, well, my generation, the people that grew up on the GameCube and the. Xbox and the PlayStation 2 and the classic PlayStation and so forth and the N64, you have a lot of those people that are growing up, that are now in my age, in my early 20s, and they're feeling nostalgic. Holy crap, you guys are young. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's just, you know, you have all these things, like you're looking for things that you wanted to get a long time ago, but you couldn't, and now that you're able to, you're not able to find them anywhere unless they're, you know, a hundred bucks. I'm telling you right now, I don't care how good Silent Hill 2 is, I am not paying 90 bucks for a pre-owned copy. No. But, (laughs) but it... It, it's a viable market. It just depends on how aggressively they go about it. Because if they do things where you walk in and it's like, oh, hi, welcome to GameStop. Check out our selection. And they only have Pirates of the Caribbean on Xbox. <laughs> hey, man, that game's awesome. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, if they have stuff like that, it's going to fail. It's going to fail hard. Yeah, I, I see. That's why I think there's too much of a there's too much of a chance of it failing. That's why I don't think it would be a smart idea. Like, trust me, I would like it. It would be dope to go there. Uh, I just don't think it would be the best idea for them. It would be cool, but, but yeah, I mean, does the market exist to really support that? And are they going to be able to turn their their fortunes around based on you know this idea of like switching everything up like this? I think maybe with 2.0 and with social, they can. But I don't know about with the the GameStop Pop and the GameStop Retro. I agree. Thing it probably is not going to work. I agree. Uh, yeah, I think that the GameStop 2.0 sounds like the best idea. Um, yeah, like that. That I'm cool. I'm there for. That's like you're, you're already going to get the tabletop. You know, people are going to be flooding that because sure. man, every time I go to a comic shop now on the weekends, it's always full of tabletop guys and. They're yelling about my paladin is totally better than yours. Right. Or play magic the gathering or something. And too magic. It, I think, th- I think it would be cool. Um, it'd be, it we could become a place where, you know, you just don't go to shop. Maybe you go to hang out. Um, yeah. You know, uh, there's a lot of th- cool things they could do to capitalize on something like that in that vein, that along with the social, there's just, uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot they could do. It just depends on if they do do it and if they do it right. Um, yep. Because again, GameStop doesn't have the best track record. <laughs> um, no, 
And, and <laughs> like Josh was saying, I'm not about to go pay $90 for a used copy of Silent Hill 2. So they've also got to understand that their retro stuff has to be at a reasonable price too. Like, and uh, they they got some work to do. They got their work cut out for them, definitely for sure. But I think so. I, I would support. So. I would support it. All right, so that brings us to our main topic here, which is pretty amazing because we're like right at the end of the show. But um, and it ties into retro. Yeah, yeah, it actually does. All right, so let's talk about a certain demo that was released this week. Let's talk about the Final Fantasy VII remake demo that came out on PS4. Um, that that also was released on. I was watching a, a video. But I think it was Maximilian Dude on YouTube. And he said that it was actually released almost in the same hour that the game was originally scheduled to be released before it was delayed. Huh. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's almost like an apology from Square. They were just like, from Square Enix, where they were just like, oh, you know, <laughs> here you go, guys. <laughs> Have fun with this for a month. <laughs> but yeah, um, so what do you guys think? Uh, did you Did you play it? Did you get a chance to? Uh, I did not play it. Um, mm. I'm going to be that guy. Uh, I have never played Final Fantasy VII, even the original. Well, I, okay, no, that's a lie. I've played it for like 10 minutes. Um, okay. It wasn't, I think when it came out, like originally, it might have been um, a little too a little too uh, advanced for me. Um, oh, okay. And I, I, turn-based, this is not my thing. Like Pokemon is the only thing turn-based I'll play. Um, Understandable. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I've gotten older, that's changed about me. But I, this is not something I've ever went back and revisited. Um, but I did play Final Fantasy 15. That was the very first Final Fantasy game that I finished to completion, and I liked it a lot. And the only reason I picked it up because I found out there wasn't it wasn't turn-based. Um, yeah. And so when I heard they've been, so when I heard that ahead. the uh, that seven is gonna not be turn-based like that, that made me interested. And it's like because I know how iconic this game is for a lot of people and how important this game is for a lot of people and while i don't while i don't feel that way myself i i understand other, i understand and appreciate other people's affection for this game and so when i heard it wasn't gonna be turn-based it's like okay cool maybe now i can you know finally be one of the cool dudes that know this <laughs> game um so uh i haven't played the demo but i'm looking forward to playing the game when it comes out um I don't really, I don't, I'm not, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this one except for it looks cool, uh, and I'm down to give it yeah. a shot. Yeah. Well, well, I can tell you, I, I was, I was skeptical about it, um, and then Josh will get to your thoughts also, but yeah, um, okay. I was really skeptical about this this game because I thought, you know, is this just going to be like some cynical cash grab, or are they really like how how rebuilt is this game going to be? And it turns out, if you know, judging by the trailers and the demo. It is fully rebuilt. Like, uh, this game takes everything that you remember or that you know of from the old original game, and it just it it just basically blows it up into like three D. And Midgar is a living city. The character the character models are just like better than Advent Children, which was really good for its time. And uh, I think the battle system actually made a lot of sense to me after I played it. Like at first watching the trailers, I was like, what is this battle system? Like, how are we going to come to terms with this? Because 
But it, it looks like what they did was they actually took certain elements from the, the ATB system, which is the active time battle system, which is like the turn-based mm-hmm. part of it. And they combined it with a real-time, almost combo-based system. Uh, so it plays like a hybrid of sort of like, you have to give your abilities like time to cool down, but you're also just hacking and slashing. And uh, I, from what I understand, there might be like a separate combat system which is more atb focused i'm not sure if that's true i, I, I just I do remember that hearing somewhere. that i do remember hearing that yeah that's more like turn-based i guess for you know the more traditional fans but like i don't know for me it just it made a lot of sense when i was playing it and um even like character switching after i got it down it's it's so cool it's so amazing to play as barrett when barrett's with cloud and to play as like cloud you know, just, just single-handedly wiping out guys. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a really good game. It's really graphically speaking. It's beautiful. It's, uh, I, I, I can't wait to play it. And I'm super excited after playing this demo and I wasn't expecting to be, I was expecting to just be like, well, here's another final fantasy game because I played final fantasy 13 when that came out and I did not like it at all. (laughs) Um, uh, Final Fantasy 15. I, I wanted to give that game a chance, and then I just like I, I think something else came out at the same time, and I was just like, "Oh, I'm I'm done. I'm I'm not gonna bother." But maybe I should go back and revisit that one. I love it personally, as a person that's never that's not a Final Fantasy aficionado by any means. Um, mm-hmm. Like I've played a little bit of like ten minutes of seven. I've played a little bit of ten, and mm-hmm. that's it. And I just, yeah. but 15, I loved that. I highly recommend it. Uh, Josh, any thoughts? Well, I'm a hybrid of you two, but maybe more to the extreme on Tony's side, because I only knew about Final Fantasy from one thing, and that was Kingdom Hearts. So. Oh, interesting. I, wow. was, com- I was completely blind with Final Fantasy. I knew it was a series, and I knew 7 was iconic. And I knew 10 was iconic or 12 was iconic because somebody kept going, ah, ha, 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 ha. So. <laughs> Titus or Titus, however you pronounce it. I think it's Titus. I think so it is. I'm completely blind with all of Final Fantasy, but I'm a little bit more open to turn-paced uh, um, strategy kind of gaming like that. Like I said in the Renegade pod- podcast, um, I one of my favorite mm-hmm. games is Mario Party, or Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. Yes. And, and that is turn-based to its core, but it does it in a way that I love in where it gives personality to the turn-based combat. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Yep. Makes sense. Turn, turn-based combat can be excellent. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with, with a turn-based combat system at all. Um, it, it was just interesting to see how they would uh, hybridize it or how they would, like, modernize it into something that's more, I guess, that fits, you know, with the way that the game looks and the way that it's sort of, like... You know, the way that this game looks and the way it controls, you wouldn't expect like a turn-based system, I don't think, in this game. At least for me, personally. Yeah, no, and that's what struck me with the game, because when I played it, all I knew was that it was from the ground up, it was going to be 3D, it was going to be basically third person. It was almost going to be a from the ground up remake, almost like a, a RE2, a tying it back to the beginning. And, um, <laughs> you, know, you know, it, it just... That was my extent of it, the knowledge of it. I knew how how restricted the original one is because it's a 
It's a third person uh, uh, RPG on the PlayStation 1 with fixed camera angles. You can only go certain directions. And on top of that, they really didn't have voices as far as I know, right? No, no voices. So it was basically relying on this whole thing to be its own brand new experience and getting to play it was a huge shock. It made me want to seek out the original. As, as a matter of fact, the backgrounds in the original were pre-rendered. So, you know, you had like pre-rendered backgrounds with very simple uh, pol- polygonal characters running around. And uh, just like the way that they rebuilt it here, you know, it's amazing how much character comes through like the animations and how much character comes through the voice acting. Um which was another thing that I was sort of a little bit iffy on because, you know, with Advent Children and with, um, I think it was Crisis Core. And uh, I think it was Crisis Core, right? Where they had voice acting in that for the characters? So. I'm not sure. Anyway, the voices, the voice actors that they had in those two, um, in like that game and that movie, are different from the voice actors that they're using now for the remake which is really interesting to me because I think that they did a good job of finding voice actors that fit and that sort of matched, uh, you know, that are sort of similar in that way. So that was one I think they did thing, a good job with that. That was one thing I was very worried about because, like I said, I, I've i never played it, so I didn't know what Cloud was like as a character aside from Kingdom Hearts, and he's a very brooding sort, yes, of, he is. sort of type. Yeah. And from what I hear in yeah. Final Fantasy VII, he's a very... You know, he's serious, but he's not over the top, like, leave me alone. Get out of the yeah. room. Like, it, as far as... Yeah. I think to show the difference, like, I remember hearing the very last line uh, Cloud says in the original game is, all right, guys, let's mosey on out of here. And, <laughs> and it's like, I can't imagine the guy that looks like he frequents Hot Topic one too many times, you know, <laughs> saying something like that. And in general, the voice acting, I was very enthusiastic about because it was the first time I got to hear the writing of Final Fantasy VII. And oh my God, I'm I'm probably going to sound like I'm just ragging on the game. It is wonderfully cheesy. Like, oh, yeah. I, oh, I yeah. love how cheesy it is, but it's cheesy in the sense that like an 80s action movie is. Well, it's it's very earnest, you know, yeah. and um, like with Barrett, Barrett, for instance, is probably the most earnest character in the demo. And uh, and also Jesse, thirsty Jesse, <laughs> who uh, who really wants cloud. When I first um, saw her, I thought anybody who's played the demo knows knows what I mean. Um, but Jesse was always kind of like that, even in the even in the original game. But you just heard it in your head, whereas now you can just hear it. It's you know, they did they did a good job. Great casting. I was more shocked with uh, Jesse's model because she looks like Alita. Does she? She looks like Alita from Alita Battle Angel. And <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it distracted me for a second, but I got used to it. I was like, I like it. But uh, well, apparently they're gonna they're they're changing the script a bit, and they're changing like moments with the uh, the characters that you that you pal around with in this opening mission because in the original game, it was just like you did the the first mission and then maybe a little bit of a little bit after that. And that was it for them. So now they're saying that they're going to add a lot more 
um, that'll give more context and more character, you know, more dramatic weight to these characters, which I think is a really good thing. I like that. And, uh, but of course the biggest thing was the gameplay and I was more shocked with how it played because it, it wasn't until the final boss that I started to feel how I started to feel its roots. Yeah. Cause until then I felt like, Oh, this is a nice hack and slash kind of game, but it's very in depth. It, it's very, it, it's got layers, you know, the, the combat system, the abilities. it's really good, but it wasn't until the final boss where I was like, Oh, now I see how this is an RPG. And I feel no shame in admitting I died. Oh, did you? Yeah, I, I died. That was my first time dying in the game, and the only time I died, because I prioritized just trying to kill it so many times that I ended up accidentally killing Cloud. Oh. Yeah, like you didn't uh, you, you didn't use potions or anything, or didn't use the cure spell. Like, I used it a little bit, but I was mostly just stuck as Garrett, just trying to, trying to electrocute yeah. the scorpion, and then I realized, oh, Cloud's dead. Let me try using cure to bring it back <laughs> to life, and then I realized, oh, that's not going to work. Nope, you need a Phoenix Down for that. Oh, that's what those were yep. for. Yeah, Phoenix Down resurrects them. Yep, but it only brings them back with like maybe two hundred hit points. So you gotta you gotta make sure to heal them up quick. I got. <laughs> oh my god, I could have kept playing then. Oh my god. <laughs> you beat the boss though, right? Did you beat the boss? Oh, eventually, yeah. And that was a struggle, yeah. but. Dude, that fight, I remember that fight in the original game was like nothing like this. It was not nearly as tough as this. Um, <sighs> yeah, so this is going to be this is going to be a tough game. Like, I'm, I'm surprised. It's going to be a tough, I'm surprised at how tough it's going to be. It's going to be a tough game, but I I appreciate it because yeah, there, there's a nice surge of moderate difficulty in games coming again, and I love it. And I like that these that a game like this can actually like take its time to be like, all right, player, you know what to do, but let's let's start kicking <laughs> your ass now. <laughs> I feel so it's true. I feel so bad. But you're also gonna get you know you you have Barrett who's kind of the tank and who's kind of like the guy the the ranged fighter, and you have Cloud that's kind of the the short range you know very uh, he's you know acrobatic and he's the swordsman, and then you're gonna get Aerith. And Aerith is going to be more of like a spellcaster, so like a mage. And you're going to get Tifa. And Tifa is the straight-up hand-to-hand combat fighter martial artist. So I'm looking very forward to, uh, to to Tifa and Aerith, because I think those two characters are pretty awesome. So I, we'll see what they do. I do got to ask, for the bomb, how much time did you give it? 20. It's same here. Yeah. 20 minutes is enough. And also you get that special little uh, little cutscene at the end there of the demo. Yeah. If you put it to 30, you don't get it. Really? Yeah. Huh. So I guess I picked right, because I played on normal, yeah. and I was just like, Let, let's see where this goes. I want to experience it as a core fan. And this was... Yeah. It's got me really excited to the point where I actually want to seek out... I feel I think the original is on the Switch. Yeah, it it uh it was just released on the Switch, I think maybe last year. 
late last year. That feels like the best platform I think I can experience it on. Because on the PlayStation 4, I don't know. You can play it on everything. You can play it on everything. You can, you can play it on mobile. On mobile? <laughs> you can play it on iOS. You can play it on like on PC. You can play it on PS4, on Xbox One. Well, maybe not Xbox One. <laughs> it just... It, 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 it's, you can play it on a toaster. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> on the Switch, it just feels the most magical, given the given the designs. Yeah. No, I think you're right about that. But I, I will say, if there's one negative that I have about the game, okay. it's uh, what is or it? at least that I've noticed so far. In a weird way, it's the music. Okay, you're not the first person I've heard criticize that. Now, what is it about the music that you think is is off? Well, it's two things. Uh, one, it's the fact that the music repeats endlessly. Mm-hmm. Like, it, th- there's a certain point where it just it loops, and I noticed it after a while. Like, for the first 30 minutes or so, I didn't notice it. But then, as I was nearing the end, I noticed it, and I started getting really annoyed. And the reason why I started getting annoyed, I don't know how much of it is, um, you, you know, re-recorded, but I remember Crystal brought this up while I was playing, and literally everyone in her family brought it up while I was playing at some point after her. It sounds exactly like, like almost exactly like the Pirates of the Caribbean theme. Mm. And I think it's just because I'm not familiar with the original game, so I don't know if it's literally a track lifted from the original, but... Well, it's, it's you know, originally they had, like, MIDI sound, so it was all, like, just synth. And um, now it's uh, it's basically... It's a re-recording where they had the original composer come back. Um, they might have used some of his, you know, some of the orchestral versions already available. I don't know. I don't know if they actually had him re-record the entire thing, but it is like that the theme that you hear when you're fighting like the the spider tank at the end there or the scorpion tank at the end there is um it's the same theme that you would have heard on the original game, just orchestrated and just like maybe someone said it it, it sounded like it was toned down. <laughs> which I I don't know, maybe. Maybe it was. But it is pretty much the same exact music that you would have gotten in 1997. So, except just orchestral and much bigger. But to me, I just, I, I felt like the music didn't bother me all that much, honestly. I was too focused on trying to survive in the combat. So, I, I to me, it, it didn't was, matter. I think it was just something that I noticed, like, right at the end, because I started yeah. to feel like, all right, I'm getting near the, the end of the demo, I think. And then it started to hit me like, oh, they're, just, they're literally just losing it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I really love it. And I feel really bad because Tony's just had to sit this out and listen to both of us just gushing. About it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the, the last thing that I really want to say about that is that you can get a free theme on your piece on your PlayStation four. Just for downloading the demo, oh, um, which is which is kind of cool. If you download the demo by May 11th, you will get a free PS4 theme, which will be available on April 10th when the game comes out. So that's pretty cool. Oh, that's that's nice. 
Yeah. And I'll say um, one last thing. I'm sure. I'm going to eat crow because I was very skeptical about this game ever coming out. Yeah. There was a lot of people were. There was a video from Cosmonaut Variety Hour on YouTube. Shout out to him. He's a really yes. fun and really funny YouTube channel, but he did a video about Kingdom Hearts 3 and how that was probably never going to come out. And it was because the the director of the game, uh Tetsuya Nomura, he uh, Yeah. You know, he was directing uh He moved over. He was directing and doing everything and just He's never really been a really big, uh, a really big director at Square Enix. So, right, you know, having him kind of unexperienced in this role, and then doing both this and Final this and Kingdom Hearts three, it was like, all right, it's never going to happen. They're probably just sinking money into nothing. He was originally the character designer for Final Fantasy seven and and uh, eight, also. And I believe nine, maybe not nine. A part of that shows just in the writing, because I believe Tetsuya Nomura does the writing for Kingdom Hearts, and the way he writes Cloud is very weird. Really? Like I said, he's overly serious, like just more so to the fact he doesn't he doesn't quip. He's not even snarky. Well, Cloud Cloud does have an arc. He has a character arc in this uh, in this game, and you see him sort of become who he really is, and that's all I'll say about that. I'll save the rest for wh- when we get to see it because yeah. I'm really excited. And also, you know what's interesting about it is that this is just going to be the the remake is going to be covering just the the Midgar section of the game, which is maybe. Uh, it's a, it's a very small portion of the game actually because that game came out on four discs uh back in the day on playstation so it's going to be two blu-rays here and it's like 100 gigabytes so it's 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 interesting <laughs> we shall see they're adding a lot apparently to this section of the game I'm not i know some it. people are, are maybe a bit iffy about it but i think it's going to be good my thing is, it took them this long to come out with a part first part. Who's to say you guys are ever going to get a second part? Yeah, that's true. Imagine well, that. I mean, it's Imagine a complete rebuild. Imagine they just abandon it. Thanks for the money. Hey, <laughs> I, I mean, I got to play through Midgar and see it as a living city. So to me, that's good. To me, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. I know a lot of people aren't going to be, but... Here's to hoping that they actually do finish it. Let's just be hopeful. It just seems concerning because at least from what I've seen, like they've only talked about this first part. There's like been no, yeah. there's been like no plan laid down. Like, okay, so we're planning on coming out with the second part, you know, this amount of I time I think they're away. just trying to survive. Yeah. I think they're just trying to survive this, you know, this yeah, launch. Yeah. And maybe we'll see. But these these guys probably need a break. <laughs> probably. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, so we have talked about a lot tonight, actually, and we've gone way over time than I was expecting, <laughs> which is cool. That's fine. That's fine. That's actually good. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, let's hand out our social media contacts here. Um, Tony? 
Uh, yeah. So, um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, uh, Xbox, PS4, uh, all Twan Center, T W A N S I N N E R. Awesome. All right. Josh? Um, you can find me at Twitter at JSH Lozano. Uh, you can find me on PlayStation, even though I don't play it that much anymore, um, at Joshua Lozano 64, which is named after my YouTube account, which is JoshBoy64. Tune in. Maybe I'll upload a new video sometime before the year ends. And uh, <laughs> I guess I have an Instagram, which I believe is the same as my uh, as my PlayStation gamer tag, but I can't be too sure. I I only do it. I only use it just to make dumb things with Crystal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then uh, for me, uh, I am on Twitter at Kiona Tang. That is at K E O N A T A N G, and um. Also on Facebook under the same name, so you can find me on there. And oh, what else do I have? Oh yeah, so I have uh, my Xbox Live account uh, is uh, Neoplasmic four seven eight zero six, and on PSN I am Neoplasmic. No, no numbers after that. So you all right, send it. Um, <laughs> Let's uh, and, uh, let's torture Josh for a little bit and make waterfall noises because he's been sitting here doing the pee pee dance the entire time of this podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> and this is on the podcast, by the way. So, all right, guys, um, and you can also catch our episodes on the Renegade RenegadePopCulture dot com which is where we'll be posting show notes and we'll be posting this episode as well as at renegadepopculture.podbean.com. That is where our uh, episodes are also uploaded as soon as they are ready. Um, We also have a Facebook group, which we will link to in the show notes. And that's pretty much it guys. All right. So this has been the Renegade Arcade. We will see you guys later. Peace. Later.